Hello, this is Dr. Lynn McPherson, and welcome to Palliative Care Chat, the podcast brought to you by the online Master of Science and Graduate Certificate Program uh, in Palliative Care from the University of Maryland. And I'm super excited because we have four guests today on this podcast. How awesome is this? We have Millie Higgins, who's a nurse, Martha Martin, who is a physician, Angela House, who is a PharmD, and Kirsten Springmeyer, who is a chaplain. So ladies, why don't you each take, you know, a minute or so and introduce yourselves. Millie, I know you're recovering from laryngitis, but do your best if you could tell us a bit about yourself. Well, I'm Millie Higgins. Um nurse currently working with Montgomery Hospice as a vice senior vice president of nursing. I've been a nurse for over 20 years and in hospice for almost 20. Um, That's great. And obviously the common theme with all four of my guests today is they are all enrolled in our Master of Science in Palliative Care uh, program. So they're here to talk about some of their experiences. Martha, why don't you share a little bit for us? Okay, um, uh, I'm a psychiatrist and I've been in private practice for about, I was just trying to do the math quickly, I think it's almost 35 years now. But you're uh, still 29, how is that math working out, Martha? What's with that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still making it work for me somehow. But, um, I, you know, I had always been um, I, interested in this and I, uh, so this has been a great opportunity for me to uh, uh, to do this without having to sort of turn my life upside down uh, right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I plan to, but <laughs> mm-hmm. for right now this just fits in beautifully with um, being able to maintain uh, my, my practice and I also uh, do some consulting for Montgomery Hospice, so it, this is really informing my work there. And, That's great. Uh, I'm excited about what I'm going to learn, too. Wonderful. And Angela from Ohio, why don't you tell us a bit? Yeah, hey. So I've got to correct you right off the bat. I'm not a PharmD. I'm just a regular old RPH bachelor. Oh, sorry. From way back. No, that's okay. But that um, we'll lead into that later about why I enrolled in this master's program. Okay. Um, but anyway, I'm a clinical pharmacist with Optum Hospice Pharmacy Services, and we provide clinical consulting for hospice patients all over the country. So I... Um, have been involved with hospice, like I said, for about four and a half years, but just with Optum for almost mm-hmm. a year now. And I just have live and breathe hospice every day and am mm-hmm. looking for opportunities to advance my learning um, in the palliative care and hospice realm. So That's great. And Angela spent a week with me uh, about a year, year and a half ago, uh, learning more about hospice and palliative care. So it was our pleasure to host her in Baltimore. And Kirsten, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? All right, so I am a pediatric palliative care chaplain at Texas Children's Hospital in Houston. We have uh, way over 600 beds and also the clinic that is connected, as well as the Pavilion for Women, which is um, OBGYN and another NICU. So I've been here for five and a half years, and our new service, the Pediatric Palliative Care Service, started seven months ago and I was chosen as the chaplain. So I, um, I was, I'm very new to the field of, um, of palliative care, so part of my learning I wanted to explore was how I can help educate people around me when I visit patients to, um, for them to understand our role um, with the whole person care. 
That's awesome. And all these ladies just finished their very first course in the program, uh, 601, which is Principles and Practice of Hospice and Palliative Care. So, Kirsten, since you're all warmed up, why don't we continue with you? Why were you interested in pursuing this program? I know when you posted some of your responses on the discussion questions, it literally moved me to tears. So I'm curious, why were you interested in doing this? Well, first off, uh, my dad died, uh, it'll be four years ago, three years ago in August, and he had a, uh, he had a heart attack probably when he was 60-something, um, died at age 75, and was palliative. You know, when I, put the, when I put the meetings together, he basically was palliative since he had his heart attacks until he died. And so the process, when I was reflecting after, I think it was one of our first journals, like, you know, he didn't have good hospice care, he didn't have this, we didn't know what we were doing. So that just brought out to me when I took this position that what is it all about to have an IDD, IDT team? What does it mean for me as the chaplain how I can engage with families when they have their own clergy or rabbi or imam or priest? So really for me it's, it's kind of com- put in, putting it all together where I can be, my goal is to really be the best pediatric palliative care chaplain I can be. That's awesome. And you thought this program would help you do that? Yes, and it is. It's, I, when I sit in our meetings, in fact, mm-hmm. I've been asked to lead a couple of the family meetings and have when different disciplines sit down and talk about the body, I'm able to ask, like, what is the goal for the patient and the family mm-hmm. instead of, oh, we can do that, then we can do that. Um, that's wonderful. So it's been a little contentious sometimes, but to get the message out there and to get the focus of what we're doing, I think is it really important. That's wonderful. You're leading by example. I think all of you know that I am a very strong believer in a transdisciplinary team where Angela might be the pharmacist, but by golly, she's going to be 10% chaplain and 10% social worker, and Millie's going to be 10% pharmacist before we're done with her, and so forth. So I feel pretty strongly about that. How about Millie? What brought you to our program? What interested you? Well, I I got into 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 hospice palliative care just by being on the job and and um, there were some GIP beds on my unit and it kind of just watched how the interaction of the the hospice nurse was so different from from us on the floor. So I got drawn mm-hmm. into it, but never really got into the whole science behind this whole hospice and palliative care. Mm-hmm. So you just got on the job training, and you keep, you know, you kept going, always longing to. Man, there, there should be a, a, a school where you could actually learn the, the, the background and the foundation of this whole level mm-hmm. type of care, but it was never available until now. So, would you say is it fair to say that uh, from what you've seen of our program so far, this would be appropriate for people who want to gain deeper understanding I of what they're already doing, as well as people who are new to the field? It will be yes for both. It's very, very, very helpful. Very, very. That's great. Helpful. That's awesome. Let's see. Who haven't we heard from? Martha, how about you? What what drew you to our program? Well, I I, I think I I was looking at my essay a little while ago to remind myself of uh, how I've been thinking about it, and uh, it was fate. I think that brought it <laughs> brought me uh. into the program. I had been so interested in um, uh, hospice. Uh, care as it was really beginning when I was in medical school, and uh, or at least beginning in the United States. And I got kind of um, 
you know, I was so interested in medical school and how people were dealing with their um, illnesses, but I lost, uh, I, it, it, I just started thinking, well, psychiatry must be destined for because I wanted to uh, talk with people about how they were experiencing uh, their illnesses and adjusting to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I have been able to circle back now uh, now that I'm had a, uh, enough of sort of general psychiatry and wanted to do something more deep with the the, the very profound questions uh, mm-hmm. uh, and issues that people are dealing with uh, as they face life-threatening illnesses. Um, and that's great. And so it seemed like a very logical thing to do now. That's wonderful. I know in the first course, um, I was most struck by Number one, we enjoyed such diversity in the disciplines of the students who enrolled in our very first course and how that was really reflected in the discussions. It was such a rich discussion, what everybody brought to the table. So I found that to be a real strength of the program that we, you know, we had doctors, nurses, pharmacists, social workers, chaplains, an integrative medicine specialist, and I think just having all those different inputs really made for such a, a valuable experience. So I know a lot of people ask me, uh, oh, I'm concerned about this or concerned about that. I'm concerned about how much time it'll take me. I'm concerned about, can I use the computer or the learning management system? Um, Angela, you told us a little bit about why you wanted to do this. Any more comments on that? And any, th- any thoughts on you know, concerns people might have had coming into this? Sure, sure. So um, I had been looking at getting some advanced training just to, it seems like every graduate now has the PharmD because they have to. And it just you know, I've become the minority in the workplace, and it kind of makes you feel, makes me feel a little inferior. Um, so if I was going to get some extra training, why not have it be in the field what, that I work in? So mm-hmm. I was just thrilled to see that the University of Maryland was coming up with the online master's program. And when I know I was in touch with you, seems like a year or two ago when I first caught the inkling that it was coming along, like, you have to let me know when this is going to happen <laughs> because I am totally going to do this. Um, I was, you know, my husband is an educator and he's done several online master's degrees, so I was familiar with kind of the layout of how it works, mm-hmm. but I was concerned about the course load. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, like, oh man, how many hours am I going to have to devote to this every week? How many, you know, I must have a whole day where I sit down and walk out to certain hours where mom's going to have to be shut in the den because, you know, I am a wife. I'm a mom of two. I work full time. So, you know, this was a a valid concern, I thought, or I'm going to have to give up my weekends from now and, well, for the eight weeks of the courses. But that's not the case at all. Just Mm -hmm. to put that to rest, everything, you know, there are a lot of assignments that you have to do and you have deadlines that they're due by, but they're in bite-sized portions. So mm-hmm. if you have an hour in the morning, you can read the article. If you have, you know, 20 or 30 minutes at lunchtime and you just want to glance and post a comment or two on someone's, you know, remarks, you've got that time and you can get all that stuff done and still have your evening free, um, a lot of at the same mm-hmm. time. So mm-hmm. I like it about so like um, late elementary school, early middle schoolish uh, homework commitment wise. So. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was manageable. 
They see a mom doing her homework too, so maybe they're inspired. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 think, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. I think many students told me the key is don't let it all go to the last minute and do a little bit each day, and that's kind of the best way to roll in, in getting the work done. Um, somebody yeah. else, Kirsten, did you have any concerns coming into this? Well, I have not been in school for over 20 years, <laughs> so I was oh, like, my goodness. oh, boy, you know. However, uh-huh. the program is just like, it's just awesome because it is in bite-sized chunks. It's very well-formed. I like the diversity of what we did, you know, from a group project to the reflection journal. Um, I was worried about, okay, our article is going to be like too many big words that I'm not going to understand and have to have a dictionary with me the whole time, which was not the case at all. Everything was very mm-hmm. informative, which also helped me want to look up more when mm-hmm. I was doing my projects. So, um mm-hmm. It just it kept me um, wanting to learn and wanting to learn and like and then I'm like well I'm only I know I'm only hitting just the top tip of the iceberg on this so you know really engaging and it just super. Well, that's wonderful. I know I've, I was very impressed with how students in the class would um, go above and beyond what we asked them to do. So as certainly you guys know, we have um, worked with CAPSI, which has the most amazing website, to have our students have access to their entire website. So students would frequently not only do their assignment from the CAPSI website, but they would go a little deeper. Martha, was that a, your experience as well? Absolutely. I couldn't uh, tear myself away from the CAPSI website because there were so many little um, uh, bites that one could get into and, and spend maybe 30 minutes uh, and then uh, do a whole other little course beyond uh, the mm-hmm. one that had been assigned. Uh, and it was a wonderful, uh, it's a wonderful resource and it's a lot of fun uh, to do those little courses. It's sort of like Alice in Wonderland. You keep going down these little rabbit holes because it's all so exciting. <laughs> it's to be a breadcrumb trail to get back to the home page. <laughs> Goodness. Millie, what was your experience? Well, you were all, well, you've taken master's degrees before online, but did you have any concerns about the learning management system, or did you just jump right in? I, I was kind of thinking, man, I'm going to be in class with all, a lot of youngsters who are just going to be running away with everything. I need to and I don't, don't have enough energy to keep up, but it wasn't like that. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, right. um, it, it was good. And the cap seating, actually, I've actually sold my staff development department on, and now they have signed up and with, with cap seat so they can use it for teaching the, the staff. Yes. I was so impressed. It's a wonderful it. resource. Yes, it, was very yes, it really is. Yeah, once you get on it, it's like difficult to get off. Yes, it is. You're right. You could spend all day on there. And, you know, yeah. for any of you, maybe Angela, anybody could jump in here. Um, some people have the misconception that a course taught online is a very lonely experience. You're home in your guest bedroom all by yourself, and you feel like you're living in a hole. Would you? Did, was that your experience, or did you find that you were engaged in this course? Angela, you what do you think? Me? I'm like grieving the loss of the camaraderie of these wonderful people from the class. So I had a spreadsheet that had everyone, you know, what their name was, what their nickname was, where they work, you know. And it's just like when you respond to their questions, like, oh, I can't wait to see what Millie put today, you know. Like you go in there. And now now that I don't have a class to go to, I'm just lost. 
I just oh. eat Cheetos and watch TV. I, I, and... To me, this break has <laughs> like been a break in for about a month. Yeah. That's so long to see him. And Martha, I know you see, you've been lonely the last two weeks, haven't you? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <I am laughs> You're just, going through withdrawal. I am just astonished at how the, those couple of weeks without having, you know, the discussion board to check in mm-hmm. on or see what mm-hmm. somebody said about uh, something I wrote or what other people thought about things that um, uh, they they wrote. I mean, it, 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 and the assignments that you have given us are things where people, our voices really come through so that each, uh, you know, they're not sort of technical, um, uh, concrete kinds of things, but where we can really put our hearts and soul in, uh, mm-hmm. into the assignments. And so, People's personalities and their values and their humor, uh, all of it comes through. So I feel like mm-hmm. I really know a lot of the people, mm-hmm. uh, even mm-hmm. though I think at this point, Millie uh, of the 27 of us, or uh, Millie is the only person I have actually laid eyes on. Uh, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, it's it's also interesting, uh, One another chaplain we had in the program, Neve, who's from Trinidad, said in his final course evaluation, and he gave me permission to share this, that he's never taken a course before where he could actually put to use right away what he learned last week. I saw that. He, he really valued that. So I, that really made me happy. But I think to be an effective... I, I, I say amen to that. Oh, well, that's great. I think an effective online teacher, you know, we talk about being a guide on the side instead of being a sage on the stage. So I never did like yapping at anybody. So I think we were more collegial than anything. So I think that worked out well. So any other thoughts about the... I also like the Thursday night um, when we have the Zoom check-in. Yes. I truly enjoy it. So for people who don't know what I'm talking about, we had a virtual office hour uh, every Thursday night from 8 to 9 o'clock East Coast time. For anybody who wanted to just um, join us, we do a video conference. Uh, you can see your classmates if they choose to use their video. Uh, it can be just you know hanging out and discussing the weather or if people had questions about their project. And not everybody felt the need to join, but I think it was nice for the people who uh, did enjoy that. So yes. I thought that was nice too. And Lynn, so, I, I really like the Monday morning intro video that you posted for us. And yeah. I don't know if that will be available for every course, but it was so I'm hoping and so. I look forward to it. Like as soon as I got up Monday morning, I'd be like, oh, I the video's up. You know, and I'd go watch it and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, I remember posting that. You know, so I, I really One of the uh, nurses in the program, and I, I – found out by accident that this was her comment. She said, I love those Monday morning videos, and I love it when Lynn's dog walks through and photobombs the video. <laughs> or her husband. <laughs> so my two dogs are real hams. They enjoyed them too. So for our listening audience, I would do a video with a crack of dawn every Monday because each week would start on Monday uh, just saying, you know, here's what we did last week. Here's what went well. Um, we had one week where we needed to give some redirection to clarify things and kind mm-hmm. of a preview. Pre- view of coming attractions. So I know I enjoyed that when I took an online course because it was sort of a personal connection with the faculty. So I'm glad that you guys enjoyed that too. Yeah. That's great. I think one of the... It really sets us up for the week. Yes. 
emphasizing what's important and so forth. And I like the water cooler, too, the discussion for if anybody had a question, you know, I'm sure if you have a question, somebody else has the same question. So that was helpful. You know, and one feature that I really like about our program is the ability for you guys as adult learners to select your electives and your own learning path. So what Kirsten wants may be different from what Angela wants, might be different from what Martha wants. So what are your all's thoughts about that, this ability to select your learning path? Martha, what do you think well, about that? Well, um, uh, I thought that I was coming in and I'm just going to be on the clinical track and uh, uh, you know, so everything was mapped out for me in my own mind before I got started. And uh, now I've gotten so interested in so many other elements that I hadn't anticipated uh, that that I want to take all of the courses. Um, well, there you go. Uh, and and I'm not kidding. And I don't think Gerson is kidding either. It's, uh, no. Gerson, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, they. They all are exciting, and I want to do them all. So uh, uh, you're stuck with me. I agree. Well, I, that's uh, a good deal. I happily take all of you forever. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in making things really practical. And uh, yeah. we, of course, doing curricular mapping, we mapped to the National Consensus Project and the Joint Commission. So we really went for a design that was highly pertinent to this field of hospice and palliative care, yet still yeah. allowing for personalization. Millie, which way are you kind of going to go with that? I'm going to, I think, I'm going to start off, like, like Martha, I would like to do everything. I'm going to start off with the leadership and management. Mm-hmm. That's great. You're in for a real treat. We have um, such excellent teachers. We, all of our faculty are just awesome. All you know, just tops in their fields, international leaders. But in the leadership track, we have John Reifsnyder, who's the vice president of Genesis. She's an RN, PhD, MBA from Georgetown. She's teaching with Donna Stevens from Lehigh Valley, and she's teaching with Pam oh. Barrett, who NHPCO teach um, has hired Pam to do all their leadership uh, pre-conferences and so forth. And then we have well. Brian Castle and Turner West with Cat Walker doing the metrics and measures course. So I can see why you'd want to take them all. This is my husband's fear that I'm going to be in school forever and ever and ever. <laughs> Angela, what are your thoughts? Are you going to go straight clinical? I'm thinking that I am, but I, you know, I, I don't know. Is it wrong to not know? I hope not. I no, of course not. It would be so interesting. Um, I know the clinical will probably most benefit me as I hope to see more palliative care and hospice integrated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that my consulting daily is not done just for hospice patients, but maybe some palliative get, gets worked in there. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that will be most uh, applicable to my career setting. But everything else is so interesting. Like today, I got to use the words performance gap and not. Oh, look at you. <laughs> yeah, I know. When, when identifying <laughs> a retail chain pharmacist who is having a knowledge deficit on how uh-huh. the state board interprets hospice prescriptions, so Uh I'm hoping to come up with an educational plan to... Well, that's wonderful. So what Angela's referring to is in the very first course, we had one week where we talked about education in hospice and palliative care, and we talked Mm -hmm. about how every performance problem is not fixable with education, which is why you have to do a needs assessment. But clearly she did and determined that uh, education is the answer. And Kirsten, you shared that, you know, you kind of, your interest is kind of all over the place too. Kirsten, I'm curious, how do you think this degree will help your career? Oh my gosh. So I... A, with having the spiritual, um, psychosocial side is really going to help. I think that there are many 
um, clergy out there that are in congregations that have that don't know a lot or have fear and trepidation of going into a hospital room to see their patient lying in a bed with a severe illness. So to help um, educate, as well as if I can uh, search into some of the administration pieces, I could do some consulting um, mm -hmm. with, you know, with like Vitas or some other organizations um, and help that too. As well as, you know, mm -hmm. I work in a department where we have a whole IDT team that is continuing to grow. And so, which is, you know, rare in, in some pediatric hospitals to have, you know, a staff of 15 right now. And so mm -hmm. um, to watch that whole administration process, I'm just really curious how it all comes together. Mm -hmm. yeah. How about anybody else? Um, thoughts on how this will help? I know, Angela, you've spoken about um, since you don't have the PharmD degree, you think this will be certainly an avenue to developing the competence in this area, which I completely support. Uh, Martha, what do you think? Well, I... You know, I was initially thinking, oh, well, this just will inform my consulting work um, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, make me better at doing, just being in that consulting role. But um, already I am imagining myself uh, really immersed in hospice and palliative care uh, mm -hmm. and having that be almost a, a full-time enterprise on my part. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. um, I want to... I just want to do it all. I mean, one one minute when you know I'm sitting and reading the book about uh, developing educational programs, um, I think, oh well, that's that's what I could do. I could be a you know a palliative care educator, and then mm -hmm. uh, and then I look at uh, some of the clinical programs, and then I, I feel more confident about maybe I could do more in pain management. Uh, so mm -hmm. I keep it, it every day of the week. I'm trying on a different hat, and I, yeah. I hope to wear them all. Yeah, I, I agree. Does anybody have any other anything they'd like to share and that we haven't touched on? Um, good, bad, or ugly, or thoughts, or anything? You know, I think the benefit for me is that I did a presentation for my little clergy group here, and mm -hmm. from that has morphed into, oh, you need to know more about this, and. You know, and so now I've been, as I said before, I've been asked to present for our whole Metro Houston with one of our theologians, um, the theology of palliative care and hospice, hospice in pediatrics using our mm. site. So I'm very excited about doing that in August. And That's wonderful. I kind of feel like, you know, now I'm a vessel, you know, and a resource for people. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's just, one of the great things about this class is how you can use it um, as you learn, as mm -hmm. um, the other chaplain said. Yes, and as you shared with me right before we started doing this recording about you doing this presentation, since Kirsten is taking the education course that just started today, I suggested that she use that as her big project for the course because I'm all about work smarter, not harder. So if we can help her you know, prepare for that wonderful presentation, um, all the better. So all the better. Yeah. Right. Well, anyone else before we wrap this up, Angelo or Millie, anybody? I, I was just going to encourage people, if they're, if they're on the fence about whether or not to do this and they have an employer, look and see if there are tuition reimbursement programs with your employer because <laughs> my employer has a very generous reimbursement program that I was not aware of. And, I mean, I was still going to do the master's program, but look mm -hmm. into it. There's probably, you know, some finances out there that are yours for the taking if you, you know, if you look and prepare. 
That's wonderful. I know most hospitals especially do have, like I know University mm-hmm. of Maryland provides like 5000 a year, and I fought so hard to get our tuition very, very reasonable, mm-hmm. um, both in-state and out-of-state. So uh, in Maryland, it's, it's under 20000 for the whole degree and just a little bit over twenty for out-of-state, including worldwide. Mm-hmm. So um, that's mm-hmm. a good point, Angela. Thanks for sharing that. Sure. Millie, mm-hmm. any final words from you? I just think that the, 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 the course actually put things in perspective. You know, working mm-hmm. and work, coming into to hospice and palliative care and working and just learning on, on the job. Mm-hmm. This just in first class has put things in perspective. It's like you get to kind of understand the underlying reasons for stuff and, and just even reading the research papers. It kind of gives give you a better understanding of this whole yeah. hospice and palliative care field. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I know, and the, the things I'm learning, you can apply it to your job right away. Mm-hmm. You know, I think somebody put in the evaluation. <laughs> I've worked in hospice forever, but nobody actually made me read the COPs and apply them to cases. And I know the class enjoyed duking it out with Dr. Natrashan oh, about those cases he posted. <laughs> actually, actually, last week I was talking to someone in the office about not having a good work-life balance. I, I was tapping myself on the shoulder saying, go, Millie. Uh-huh. Yes, because you did your um, your plan, your wellness plan for yourself and for your team, didn't you, as part of this course? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's and, great. And that, that I would like to develop more and actually um, use it use it for the whole, you know, teaching the, the wider circle for the, for the yeah. uh, company. And so that's, that's another be- example of how CAPSI helped us out because they have some awesome resources on that. Yes. Well, I would like to thank all of you for taking, you know, the half an hour out of your day and doing this for us. We really, really appreciate it. I'm so proud of the cohort we have in this program, and you four ladies are typical examples. So I'd like to thank our guests, Millie Higgins, Martha Martin, Angela House, and Kirsten Springmeyer. And I would like to thank all of you, our listeners, for listening to the Palliative Care Chat podcast. Again, this is Dr. Lynn McPherson. This presentation is copyright 2017, University of Maryland. For more information on our completely online Master of Science and Graduate Certificates in Palliative Care, or for permission requests regarding this podcast, please visit graduate.umaryland.edu forward slash palliative. Thank you.